Honey, I left um, some handouts on the uh, copy machine. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Is this, yeah, it works. Good. So, we did, had an awesome first class today. just want to say a couple words. Um, this is the theme, the Lord, the word the Lord gave me for this year, going deeper in 2019. And this morning he gave me another scripture about deeper that I was not expecting. In Hebrews chapter 13, it talks about not letting a root of bitterness get into our lives and spring up. And the result is it defiles many people. We talked about putting down deeper roots last week. And I just felt like the Lord said, one of the areas you're going to think about is you've got to pull up some roots. Some roots have got to go before you can have a healthy tree. We talked about that big redwood tree and how the roots are, have got to be healthy and they've got to intermingle with the other tree roots of the neighboring trees. So part of going deeper is say, God, show me if there's any root of bitterness that needs to come out, pull it out. And if you need prayer for that, we've got some amazing people that will pray for you. We have prayer people be up here after, that are up here at the end of every service to pray for you. If you have a particular need, want to know the Lord and you've never met Him, want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, want to be healed, want to be freed from demonic torment, we want to see that happen in your life and God wants to see it happen in your life. Again, those couple apps that we talked about last week, the Daily Audio Bible, I really highly encourage everyone to get this free app on your, cell, on your phone, your cell phone, and listen to Brian every day. It's incredible. We go through the whole Bible, and it's so easy to do, and it's really powerful, really powerful. And another really good one, a lot of us are doing this together. It's called the Version. They have um, topical um, uh, Bible apps, you, I mean, topical Bible um, plans that you can do anywhere from one or three days to uh, 365 days on a million different topics. And you could pick your friends that are on, on the version also and then do it together and write comments and share together. Really been powerful. Okay, I want to talk about healthy church. In 2019, I'm going to be quick because we only have 20 minutes or so left. But I felt like the Lord is saying, I've got some values that I really want Calvary to express, and Calvary to become, and, and I, these are values that, that I personally believe that God is calling us to emulate and to be allowed to become the values or the core values of Calvary Church, Calvary Assembly, and so there's seven of them, we're going to talk about these in just a minute, but what these values make is a healthy church. Now, it's interesting that our district, the Nebraska Assemblies of God, their vision statement right now for all the churches in our state is healthy leaders that of healthy churches or ministries that multiply. How many of you know that if something is healthy, you don't have to force it to grow? If something's healthy, it's going to reproduce. If something is healthy, it's attractive. 
How many of you have seen a sick horse versus a healthy horse? A sick horse doesn't look too good. Gaunt, ribs showing, sway back. Probably wasn't the best illustration. But God's calling us to be a healthy church. Are we a healthy church? We're working on it. We are becoming a healthy church because that's what Jesus wants. How do I know that? Look at Ephesians 4, verse 16. Whoops. No, I guess there it is. No, I want to read this first. A healthy church is made up of healthy people and healthy leaders who shine Jesus into our community. Does that make sense to you? A healthy church is made up of healthy people, including marriages, including family relationships, and healthy leaders who shine Jesus into our community, right? Okay, look at Ephesians 4, 16. He makes the whole body, can you say whole body? He makes the whole body to get fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Guess what? You're a part. You are a part that has a special work to do. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that awesome? I love this verse. So point at yourself and go, I'm a part. And point at the rest of them and go, they're the other parts. God has fit you together as a body. And he wants that body to be healthy and to grow and to be full of love. We got a ways to go, though. But God is doing amazing things in the Calvary family. I see it every day, and I'm excited to be a part of this family. So I want to give you seven values that I perceive are what values that the Lord really has for us in Calvary. And the first one, we've got to remember that this is, we're on the way, okay? We're not, we have not arrived, we are on the way. We're increasingly becoming. The first one is to passionately love and follow our God who is present among us. To passionately love and follow Him. And I just read that verse, so I'm not going to read it again. I want to point out a couple things here. I'm not into religion. I'm not into just doing church and church services. When I come to church on Sunday, I want to have an experience with God. And I believe God wants to have an experience with me. David said in Psalm 34, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Not quite completely over that nasty cold, but I am well on my way. When I come on Sunday morning, I don't want to just do certain rituals and go through the motions. I want to meet God. I want His Word to impact my life. I want to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to see the Holy Spirit move through people like He gave. He spoke things to Maria. He spoke things to us through Daniel. He spoke things to us through Bob and Johnny. He spoke things to us through Joe, our visiting evangelist. That's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to have an encounter with God. And I believe that that's part of being healthy. 
And you know what? If God wasn't present among us, would there be a problem? I hope so. This, I, I think it was Tozer that said once, A.W. Tozer, the most scary thing would be if the Holy Spirit left our churches, if everything could keep on going as it was before and nobody would notice the difference. I think that would be the description of tragedy for me. If God isn't present among us, if we are not encountering and experiencing Him, then there's a problem. And it's not just because we're Assemblies of God, Pentecostal people. It's because God wants to inhabit His church. He wants to move by His church through His church in power by His Holy Spirit. No matter what your label is or what your history is, God wants to move in and through His people. And we have to be passionately committed to love and follow Him. This is not about showing up and getting our merit badge for being a church attender. This is about being radically committed to Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. The word Lord means boss. It means chief. It means El Jefe. Sabe? Right. El Jefe. He's the Lord. And, that, and we at Calvary realize that we are not perfect. We are not all there. But we're moving that way. And we are choosing Jesus to be first. And Jesus to be lifted up in this house. Secondly. Slide again. There we go. Authentically love one another, those that God has made our friends and family. Remember, Jesus said that not only do we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength and mind, which is that first one we just did, the first value, but he said to love your neighbor as yourself. And in 1 Thessalonians, Paul adds, May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. Can you say all people? Abraham Lincoln, I think this is what he said. I try to remember the quote. He said, I really don't like that person. Boy, I really need to get to know them better. I really don't like that person. Boy, I really need to, I need to get to know them much better. How many of you know that being a bunch of different people like we are in here, that we're going to rub on one another? That we got some different personalities and temperaments and experiences and histories and it's not natural for the flesh to get along. But God in the Spirit calls us to learn to love one another. To learn to lay down our lives for one another. To learn to take risks and to take, and take step out in faith and obedience. And to build relationship with people that are different or maybe uh, don't look like us or don't act like us or younger than us or older than us. Whatever it is, God is calling us. To love one another. And he doesn't make any exceptions, does he? And so while we may have our personal preferences, the Lord calls us to move out of our comfort zones and get to know people and learn to love people. The cool thing is, is a lot of times somebody who's a stranger to you, you think you've got these ideas of what they might be like. But then when you start spending time with them, you find out, wow, this person's an amazing person. I had no idea. But you're never going to know that until you actually step out of your comfort zone and begin to build some relationships. One of the things God is calling this church to do is to be connected. And that is a challenge for us. This is a very disconnected church. When we came, it was a lot worse, but it's much better now. But God, we're on the way to being a well-connected church. But it's going to take all of us stepping out, 
saying, hey, tell me your name again. I forgot it for the 15th time or whatever, you know. Some of us aren't good with memory. So please forgive us when we ask for your name again. So the Lord, is there any way we can get around these verses and say, no, there's certain people that I, I don't have to love? If you can find the exclusion clause, show it to me. But it's not there. All right. The third value. Faithfully equip our kids, teens, and, of course, adults to passionately follow Jesus. That's what's happening down the hall with our kids. Francisco and Jennifer are uh, taking a break this week. They're down in Loveland getting a little R&R, &R, which they really need. But they are wonderful leaders of our teen group. Isn't that right, Ashley? Aren't they awesome? And uh, we are seeing God do amazing things among our teens. They don't always show here on a Sunday morning. Some of them do, but um, <laughs> I get to hear the stories. But you need to find out, too, and hear the stories. So when Francisco and Jennifer come back, ask them. Tell me what's going on with some of the teenagers. What's God doing? Well, you need to know because we're passing the mantle off to those guys next. And they're awesome. We have about 15 teenagers. They all showed up. And uh, good things are happening. Psalm 145, David said, Let each generation... Tell its children of your mighty acts and let them proclaim your power. God gives us a stewardship to pass on everything that God has poured into us into the next generation. That's why our kids are so important. You know, there are a number of churches in our town where the pastors have come to me and said, we have nothing for our teenagers anymore. We don't have a children's program anymore. Our church is dying. Is that sobering or what? And I love those pastors, and I love those people in those churches. But if they don't do something radical to reconnect to their kids or somebody's kids, do they have a future? No, extinction is only around the corner. How many of you have noticed how many empty church buildings are in towns these days? How many of them are turned into houses and condominiums? Because... This didn't happen. One generation did not tell its children of their mighty acts. It's what happened in Judges chapter 2, which I've talked about before, when it says the generation that knew Joshua when they all died off, a generation arose that did not remember the things that God had done with their parents and their grandparents' generation. They didn't remember, and guess what they did? They ended up being just like the Canaanite nations around them. If we don't take up that stewardship and pass our faith, off to our kids and grandchildren. God's going to hold us accountable and they are going to suffer. And we want to be faithful to do that at Calvary. This is a high, high value for us. I'm so thankful for Pastor Sarah and for Francisco and Jennifer. One of these days he'll be Pastor Francisco. And uh, I'm just so thankful for, for God bringing them to us. All right. Number four, compassionately reach into and serve our community through the Holy Spirit's power. What happens if you dam up a creek and you don't have an outlet? It turns into a pond. What if you cut off the water source? It turns into a swamp. If the water isn't flowing, it turns into a swamp. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to pour out of our lives and to reach our community and the people around us, guess what happens? We stagnate. 
We have to constantly be giving away what God pours into us. Jesus said in John chapter 20, freely you have received, so freely you must give. Can you say freely I must give? Freely I must give. If you want to be a healthy believer, you have to be a believer that is not just coming to the, to the house of God, but you're going out in the streets and your neighborhood and with your workplace, and you're letting the light of Jesus shine from you. Jesus told us we're salt and light. Salt adds flavor. It preserves things. It makes things taste good. Light shines in the darkness, exposes things, shows you where to walk, protects you. We're supposed to be an influence in our community. Um, I saw something on Facebook this week where someone posted and said, they showed a picture of a city and all these people in it and said, this is the church. There's a church there, somebody buying bread in the store, somebody getting in their car, somebody pumping gas. That's the church. And they said, you can still be, you can be the church in a building, but you also got to be the church outside. And you know, there's truth in what they said. Because sometimes all we get, we get focused in that the church is only inside this building. And that's wrong. But you got to have both. We have to be the church gathered, and we have to be the church scattered. Right, Joe? Got to be scattered. And when we're out there, we need to be carriers and couriers of God's life. We need to be the people in Safeway in the line that see somebody with a broken leg and says, hey, can I pray for you? Or see somebody with crutches or whatever. We need to be the person that's always got our eyes open saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, use me. We got to be gathered for strength, for vision, for worship together. Corp wasn't what Maria did where we all gathered and held hands and stuff, and, and she spoke unity over us. That was powerful. We got to be that gathered, but we also got to be the church scattered. We got to be in our community, not of it, in it. We got to be the life of Jesus. Wherever you are, you're Jesus with skin on. You are an inca in incarnation of God in human flesh. Where you work, where you shop, God calls us to be in and out. Well, let's read this, 128 Colossians. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom excuse me, God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. 1 John 3.16, we know that what real love is because Jesus Gave up his life for us, so we ought also to give up our lives for other brothers, our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another. Let us show the truth by our actions. Number five. One of our values is we need to, we intentionally build unity between our fellow local churches and us. How many of you know that the Assemblies of God is, doesn't have all the church, doesn't have all the Christians in alliance? How many of you know that there's a whole lot of people that love Jesus in the Berean Church, in the EV Free Church, in the Baptist Church, in the Catholic Church? Some of you, that's a big, big step there. In the Episcopal Church? In the Alliance Christian Church, Pastor Russell. Guess what? We are called to live in harmony and unity with the body of Christ 
in our community. How many of you have, have seen Christians say nasty things about other Christians and other churches? Yeah. How many of you know that's a real good witness for our community? Our community is blown away when we do things together with other churches and other Christians. They really are. They really expect us to be competing with one another. They do. They think that the, somehow the Alliance Christian Church is our competitor. We're fighting for the sheep. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No, we are brothers and sisters together in the Lord. In fact, Psalm 133 says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. There the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. I am uh, currently the vice president of the Ministerial Association, and we've got about 10 or 12 churches, pastors that come to that. And it's really, really an important thing. And um, I've been able to be an encouragement to some of those pastors, and they've been able to be a big blessing and encouragement to me, and we're building friendships with pastors. I believe that that is a real good weapon of warfare against the enemy in alliance. It's for believers and churches to be unified together, to be behind one another, not competing, not fighting, not criticizing, but standing together saying, we are the body of Jesus Christ in alliance. And Calvary is a part of that. And we are standing with that. And the other churches in town like us. They think that we are awesome. They love the way we hosted the National Day of Prayer last year. We had a great group of people here from about 10 churches. And we are behind them. We don't support everything all the churches do because we have some different values there. But we do a lot together, and we're going to be doing more. You'll hear about some of that in a second. Number six, we obediently reach beyond local community to do world missions. Matthew 10, 8, Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you've received. And in Acts 1, 8, he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ends of the earth. You know, we are living in the days, I believe, that the Great Commission is going to be fulfilled. Because it says in Matthew 24, 14, that the good news about God's kingdom will be preached in all the world to every nation or every ethnos, which means ethnic group, then the end will come. How close do you think we are that every ethnic group in this world has heard about Jesus? They say now we're down to the last 7,000 ethnic groups out of like 200,000 ethnic groups. Even 20, 30 years ago, there were 15, 20, 30,000 ethnic groups that had still not heard the message of the Lord. How many of you know with computers and radio and television that the signal is going all kinds of places that we can't even go physically? We are getting so close. What Jesus is saying here is not that every person has to accept the gospel. He's saying that once this gospel is preached in every ethnic group and that there is a reception by we don't know what percentage of people in that ethnic group, but say, say for sake of argument, say that there's at least a church in every ethnic group in the world. I believe at that point the end is going to come. We are close. We are close. And God calls you and me to be missionary people in our hearts, just like we have a missionary God who sent his son to a foreign planet, didn't he? 
God's calling you and me to be involved in foreign missions too. We're going to talk about that in a second. I've got to hustle. Hum, number seven, last one, humbly stay well connected with our faith family, the assemblies of God. Romans 13.1, Paul says, everyone submit to gover- should, must submit to governing authorities. And Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and defies all sound judgment. We're part of a greater family. If I screw up or our board screws up, we actually have a denomination that will call us and take, call us on the carpet. They will. They'll come here. If I start preaching heresy or if I have an affair with my secretary, who's my wife? Um, <laughs> sounds good, honey. Anyway, I do something immoral, illegal, unscriptural. They're going to come and get me and haul me away. Aren't you glad? They should. You need to know that there's something greater than just us, that there's some accountability. We're part of a wonderful organization that is growing rapidly all over the world, and God is doing amazing things through it. And not that we're the only place. We're, we're one of many. But God is doing good things, and we honor our authorities. Brooke and I are going to go to the minister's retreat tomorrow for a couple days and uh, get a chance to be with other pastors and our, and our supervisors and spend some time. And they all, they'll ask us all the hard questions. How are you doing? What's going on with so-and-so? And how's Jason doing? Things like that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, they will ask us questions, and, and uh, we love the fact that they care about us. And they're awesome people. We're actually going to be hosting the supervisors tour again in February. So that's going to be exciting. We'll have people from 10 churches here and our supervisors. Okay, practical review. Number seven, participating in denominational family events. Are you, are you relating to not just our church but our denomination? You can come to our men's section dinners, which we're going to start getting involved with. They are now doing monthly section dinners. They rotate between the churches in our area here. And uh, you guys that are interested, I'd love to take some of you with me to the next one. They just had one in Torrington this week that I couldn't go to, but they're going to have one. I'm not sure which church it's in coming up. The Light for the Lost Banquet is another Assemblies of God missions event that we do. So think about how can I be involved in something greater even just at our local church. Number six, do world missions. Pick a missionary right outside that door. Ten missionaries on the wall to the left. Pick a missionary and start writing thank you notes to them, birthday cards, things like that. Talk to me about it so we can all be on the same page. But we need to get more involved and be more involved in world missions. We really do. Number five, our other Alliance Church families. On January 20th, that's like two weeks away, right? Well, there's going to be a fellowship event for all the churches in Alliance at the United Methodist Church at 7 o'clock. It's, it's going to be in their fireplace lounge. And guess who's going to be helping play guitar? Pastor, uh, um, Pastor Tim Statham at the Lutheran Church and I are going to play and lead, lead music and play guitar together. So you are all invited to that January 20th. That's a way to get to know other believers and other, other congregations in our community. Uh, the Bereans Men's Breakfast, Celebrate Recovery, there's lots of ways to do that. Number four, community outreach. Get involved, support our food bank. We have a big box by the front door. That's for you to put groceries in that we can support our, our local food bank with. And it was, do, it was going hot and heavy for a while. Now it's kind of died out. So I encourage you guys to grab one of those bags. It has a list of four or five items that they need. Bring it with you when you go grocery shopping and fill it up and bring it back. So supporting our food bank, supporting the Indian Mission Church of God, there's lots of ways to reach out into our community and help with community needs and to build relationships. Number three, equip our kids. 
We need more volunteers, just people to sit in the classes with our kids' ministry. So if you've become an attender here recently and you said, yeah, I'm going to make this my church home, you need to, if you have kids, you need to make a commitment to go and hang out in one of the classrooms like once a month. That's all I need you for is like once a month, and that would be a big blessing to Pastor Sarah. We don't want to have any classrooms with one adult. You're just setting yourself up for accusation. We want to have two adults in every, every classroom, and so we need more folks just to come and be there. And you could pray for the kids and, and be a blessing while you're there. We also could use help with JBQ and teens. I'm sure that uh, Francisco and Jennifer would love to talk to anybody interested in helping with our teens. Number two, faith, church family relationships. We've challenged our leaders to have one significant touch with a new family once a month. That means to have coffee with someone or a meal or to go help somebody do something like move. Just don't move away. And... Uh, or to help somebody with a, a broken, you know, moving an appliance or something like that. So uh, we've asked all of our leaders to do that with one family a month. And so hopefully somebody will be calling you if you're new and you'll get to know some of our folks. So I encourage you all to be really aggressive about that. And then number one, my walk, my passionate love and walk with God. Am I growing in the Word? That's what those Bible apps are about. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in me? Am I seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit if I've not experienced that yet? And am I ha do I have a personal worship life? Do I actually worship God in my car or when I'm with, the, when I'm, besides being in church? When I'm just on the road or walking and talking, am I talking to God? Am I giving Him praise and honor and worshiping Him? So those are the seven values that I, as pastor, felt like God is calling us to really walk in. And if you're strong in something... That's great. You can, be in, you can excel and be a leader in that area. If you're weak in an area, in one of those areas, you need to take some steps to improve in that. So you need to ask, how can I do that and who can help me do that? And finally, I want to close reading Ephesians 4.16 again. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I guess I'm not going to get any further on my slide show. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, I just pray that if anybody is here this morning that is, does not know you, that they would say 2019 is the best time now to give my life to Jesus, to be at peace, to make peace with the one who created me, the one who wired me, that can tell me why I'm here on this planet, what I'm supposed to do with my life. God, I pray that, that um, as our prayer people come up this in just a few moments, God, that people would come forward who want to know you. Lord, I pray that you would move in the hearts of people and say, you know what, I'm, I'm walking with Jesus, I got baptized in water, but I want to know more about the Holy Spirit of God. I want to know about the power that's available to break sin's power in my life, to drive the enemy away, and power to move in spiritual gifts, to be able to hear the voice of God and to share that with others. Lord, I pray you'd put a deeper hunger in us for spiritual things and for the power of your Holy Spirit and that many would come and be baptized in your powerful Holy Spirit this year. God, I pray for those that need healing this morning, that you would move and bring them and that they would be prayed for and we would continue to see the testimonies of healing that you've been doing like you've done these last months. We've had probably two dozen people we have seen healed of various things. God, you are moving powerfully in our midst. and We thank you for that. God, Take us deeper in you. 
we pray. God, we thank you for all that was shared today and all the guests you brought today. We, I ask you bless each one and that we would pursue you and allow these values to increase in us as we walk with you and that you would continue to build Calvary and lead Calvary the way you want to go, Jesus. We want you to be glorified and lifted up in this house. We don't want to run ahead of you. We want to stay in sync with you, in step with your spirit. And we just thank you for this morning, what you're doing in our midst. We love you, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you desire prayer, come on. Maybe you guys could just do it by the front doors.